Because I can control the weather, they call me Storm. Welcome to This Week in Nerd News, your one-stop shop for all of the pop culture you may have missed this week. Brought to you by the Black Nerd Problems Broadcasting Network. I'm your host, Victoria Bertine. I'm your host, Michael Snyder. And I'm your host, Keith Wee Cleaver. That's right, folks. All three of us are here. <laughs> Despite what recent time dilations might make it seem, it has, in fact been an entire year we have done another revolution around the sun i'm so lucky and glad to have been able to spend all of these saturdays with you all and today we get to celebrate you so take it away yeah gladly so as victoria said uh, it's that time of year folks we tend to be very busy people and have found a pretty solid rotation when it comes to co-hosting episodes of this show but every now and then, we all come together like Voltron for special occasions. Today is one such occasion that's time for our annual birthday episode. <laughs> it just so happens that Mikhail and I share a birthday week, so we like to take one episode and go even deeper into our very specific nerdy interests, but also let you all know what we plan to do to celebrate. Personally, I already took the entire week off of work, which, to be fair, is cool. Cause, like, my birthday's the 6th. We get the 4th off anyway, so it's like one less day. But God, I love having a supportive team in my job and unlimited PTO policy. So I'm going to be getting more acclimated to after my move, catching up on Webtoon comics I love but have sorely neglected over the past few months, and binging Mythic Quest, Ted Lasso, a bunch of other shows, and considering the cost-benefit analysis of going to see F9 or not. Miguel, what do you got planned for the big day last week? Well, first, I'm going to critique you and say, like, what cost-benefit analysis that needs to be done? Ooh. It's past nine. You're going to go watch it. You're going to have a good time. It is money <laughs> well spent. I don't I don't understand. I'm still getting acclimated to, like, big, dark spaces with other people. <laughs> that See, that's fair, but that's not a cost-benefit analysis. That's, like, that's something else entirely, you know? That's, like, a safety evaluation. Okay, you know? I'll call like, it that instead. <laughs> but, yeah, I'm not going to enjoy it. I literally binged five through eight this past week and bought all of them <laughs> wait did you get the super deluxe blu-ray set that collects the first eight movies together no because i don't longer have a blu-ray player in my possession so i just got them all digitally well to be fair your playstation 5 is a blu-ray player just just by the by we never use it like that but that is an option i, w- I went digital sir oh, oh oh you were one of the lucky ones who managed to find a digital copy. <laughs> yes but what are your birthday plans? Well, before we get into my birthday plans, I just wanna wanna share wanna share a little tidbit. So uh, earlier this month, uh, Bill Burnham released a comedy special on Netflix called Inside, and it's a really great special that encapsulates a lot of feelings of about many things about the past year or so. But one of his songs is called Turning Thirty. And you know where this is heading to. The the refrain goes, and I'm turning 30, turning 30, turning 30. And it goes like that. And then there's just a bunch of lines about, like, bemoaning turning 30 during a pandemic. And one of the ones that, that really just stuck with me because it was really catchy was that um, it went, And my stupid friends are having stupid children. My stupid friends are having stupid children. Yeah, and there's an entire song like that. You should go watch that special if you haven't already. I just wanted an excuse to sing before I went on. Um, any comments on that before I continue? It was good. It was a good segue. <laughs> I appreciate it. Always love an injection of song. 
Excellent. Uh, I don't, I don't really have plans for like my 30th birthday other than like reconciling the existential dread of being three decades old um, in a society. Uh, I do plan on watching the new Gundam special. Uh, it's like Mobile Suit Gundam Half Away on Netflix that comes out on Friday. I think we're doing Independence Day in the Discord on Sunday. And then I'm, I'm going to do a 4th of July barbecue. Ooh. I'm going to see people in, like, physical space again. Like, th this is becoming a regular thing that I do and not something that, like, I treasure and hold on to to keep me through many months of darkness and despair. <laughs> um, age is weird, right? Because, like, I don't feel any order. I don't get any more benefits from leveling up like I used to, right? Like, I no longer, like, have any milestones to look forward to until I'm, like, 62 and get to retire or some stuff like that, you know? Yeah, I get that. Like, we unlocked voting and drinking already. There's not there's not much else to look forward to. It's kind of like every five or ten year increments at that point you're looking forward to things. So I still have one more year left before 30, so I'll be turning 29 this year. And I'm just like, everything at 25, between 25 and 30 is kind of like, eh, I kind of forget how old I am. Mm-hmm, exactly, exactly. Not quite the birthday extravaganza that we were expecting, was it? <laughs> nah, but you know, you gotta ease back into it, right? Because I feel like last year when we did this, we were just like, yeah, I'm gonna watch TV, you know? <laughs> but like now I just yeah. get to like look forward to hanging out with my like fellow vaccinated family and friends and like live old life and enjoy this. Like going to CF9 with people and stuff or like yeah. going to like my sister's birthday party because hers is the third and stuff like that. Like I can look forward to these things now and I'm very happy. So, how about how about we talk about some news that happened this week? Yeah, I'm always down for news. Alright, uh, Victoria and I played this game last week, but I loved it. I think we'll love it again this week. So let's play this new game of Mad Libs that are actually news headlines, because reality is always capable of being better than we constantly give it credit for. So, while still basking in the fantastic headline that was an action-fueled crime thriller based off the Charles Dickens novel, Oliver Twist, we managed to find new headlines that are just as funny. So, are you ready for six new contenders for Let's this go. week, y'all? I missed it last time and I felt left out, so thank you. Excellent, excellent. So, in 2018, Steven Spielberg made a decorative statement that no Netflix movie would ever be Oscar-worthy, going so far as to try to stop films that premiered on streaming services from even being considered. This week, in 2021, Steven Spielberg inked a multi-year, multi-film deal with Netflix. HBO Max's Gossip Girl will avoid glorifying its characters' wealth and lifestyles, according to the showrunner Josh Safran. These kids will wrestle with their privilege in a way that the original didn't. In light of Black Lives Matter, in light of Occupy Wall Street, things have shifted. From Netflix, Sexy Beasts is a new dating show where real-life singles sport elaborate makeup and prosthetics to put true blind date chemistry to the test. An exclusive from Deadline, Supernatural prequel, The Winchesters, in works at the CW from Jensen Eccles, which caused drama with former co-star Jared Padalecki, who first heard about it on Twitter like the rest of us. Jerry Seinfeld is making a pop doll documentary called Unfrosted. And rounding us out, Lena Dunham is adapting the beloved Mattel toy Polly Pocket for film, Lily Collins to star in. Oh, if I were on video, you could see me. I'm over here like laughing and tears holding my sides. It just kept getting better and better. I'm <laughs> um, going from like ironic to just absurd. 
Remember Occupy Wall Street? Yes. <laughs> um, just like generically, like yes, that was a thing that happened, but like that was that was like a veritable lifetime ago. Yeah, that's not that's not like recent. And also, I just not at all. See, I am also cautious about this, but for a different reason than Keith. And it's because I feel like the people who are making this statement, they're going to wrestle with their privilege in a way the original didn't. Don't know what that means. <laughs> like, they're going to be like, they're going to think before they whip out their black card. Like, they're going to talk about it before it happens. Because this trailer is just like glistening in privilege. <laughs> like, this is not a trailer that makes me think you understand what it means to wrestle with your privilege <laughs> at all whatsoever. <laughs> I mean, you know they're gonna probably shoehorn it in by, like, they're gonna randomly volunteer oh, at yeah. a community shelter, or they're gonna, like, befriend the one the one kid that got into their, like, elite private institution right. on a scholarship from the hood. Yeah. They're gonna find yeah. ways to do it. <laughs> it's gonna be hilariously awkward. I've never seen Gossip Girl, so I can't really comment outside of this other than I had completely forgotten that Occupy Wall Street was like a thing up until this week. This Sexy Beast show is going to make a lot of people realize a lot of things about themselves. <laughs> I just want to point that out. Whether it be the people in the cast, people who are watching, it's going to be an interesting social experiment. I will, I'm looking forward to seeing like the commentary around this. And if you can't tell what I mean, I'm talking about the furry community. Just saying. Okay, so, so I wanna I wanna talk about the show just a little bit more because there's been like some fascinating discourse around it because like there are people who sort of like what if this was a way to keep special effects artists paid during the pandemic because oh. like that is a completely reasonable thing to consider so like we need to make sure that like our artists are doing okay what if we make a show that relies on extensive special effects makeup so like that makes sense to me um, but then there's also people so like what if we just had, like, a show where, like, fairies did date each other in their suits and just, like, have that be wholesome and fun? And then there was a whole other contingent, which is sort of, like, all of these shows still have conventionally attractive people doing things. And, like, the only honest, in quotes, uh, Netflix dating show right now is Too Hot to Handle, which it just fully embraces of, like, look at all of these attractive people being attractive next to each other. And whereas Love is Blind is sort of like everyone is still conventionally attractive and you're just adding a couple steps. And then this also just made me miss Face Off from sci-fi. Oh, it was so good. So good. I'm still mad that they didn't do a second season of Jim Henson's Creature Shop Challenge. That would have been fantastic. Because that was also amazing. Uh, but as far as sexy beasts go, I feel like this is going to cause audiences to think about themselves <laughs> as well because my first like thoughts were like, Huh, I could see how, like, depending on the depth of their makeup, that would tell me the level of commitment they have to this process <laughs> of, like, finding a relationship, right? Like, do you have some, some, like, carnival face paint? Or did you, like, go full on, like, 2000s? Beauty and the Beast. Like, what are we talking here, right? So, I, I, that, that is entertaining to me. But also, I do appreciate that as a society, while we still haven't gotten away from, like, all of you people fit U.S. beauty standards, 
we are moving in a good direction. Um, and what I mean by this is one of the, my favorite YouTubers that I watch, her name is Luxaria. She has been doing, she's in kind of the makeup space. And so she's been doing a series about previous, very problematic plastic surgery shows. <laughs> and so it has been reminding me that in the past we had shows like the Swan and Bridal Plasty, where wow. you would like compete for plastic surgery to make you quote unquote pretty. And that's how you would date then. So like I very much appreciate that we're not like, no, let's use makeup to make you look like not human. And this is how you should date people. Like, we're going in the right direction. As weird of a sentence as that yes. may sound, <laughs> when you, we are getting better. When you put the bar at, like, doing plastic surgery in order to date, yeah, you're right. The trajectory is is factually better. Um, it's a weird trajectory, but factually better. Yeah. You are you are 100% correct. Yes, it is in the general direction we would like to go in. Also, this whole conversation just reminded me that Ron Perlman definitely played Beach from Beauty and the Beast yeah. like in the eighties for three seasons. Yeah. That's the thing that happened, and like and like people were like obsessed with him at the time, from what I've been told. Because mm -hmm. I wasn't mm -hmm. live yet. Mm -hmm. Who wouldn't be obsessed with Ron Perlman though? Just like as a general like blanket statement. Yeah, in everything. Like Hellboy was kind of hot sometimes. I'm like, what's <laughs> happening right now? Mm -hmm. So it's the thing. I'm like, okay. But um, I don't have much to say about the Pop-Tarts or the Polly Pocket thing. That's just ridiculous. But the Supernatural news, boy, I have so many thoughts. We only have so much time. It was a matter of time before we like got in another like Supernatural spinoff. We tried when the show was on the air, but it didn't happen for whatever reasons, because like, popularity. But like, I didn't think it would be this quickly before one of the two main leads just hopped back in that car to keep it going. Because like, they're set for life. They're a supernatural convention specifically, meaning they can run that out for the, like the next 30, 40 years and be fine. Yeah. And the fact that like Jensen has been in this talks for all this and Jared didn't even know shows me which one of the two has not moved on yeah. yet. Okay. And it's very hilarious. Here is my thought though, Keith. Okay. So my thought is that because they also like live right next to each other, aren't they like neighbors still? They were I neighbors they used for a to. while. They, they, they used to live together actually. Uh, but my thought is that maybe this is like, because we know their sibling rivalry is real. Like, that's a real life <laughs> thing as well. And so I'm wondering if Jensen was a little butthurt that Jared got Walker, Texas Ranger. Because you know that, that Jensen is like hardcore cowboy. Okay. The whole time. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I was surprised to find out. I got I thought the hell I was wrong yeah. when they said who got cast right? I'm like, you got you mean okay. the other one, right? Yeah. So I wonder if Jensen was butthurt and was like, fine, <laughs> I'll just do more supernatural and not tell you. Okay, but like, like that's my theory. But like counterpoint to that theory, right? Is that like Jensen Eccles is like winning the the post supernatural breakup. Oh. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, he's also doing like, great things. He has, for sure. he has Amazon Prime money from doing the boys season free, which is coming out, and he got to voice Batman. Yes. Exactly. He was doing that while it's still on the air. Like he's fine but too. But he doesn't That's get why to like... wear a cowboy hat, which is really important <laughs> yeah. to him. You know, maybe I'm undervaluing the, so. the factor of the cowboy hat. Maybe, maybe that's the X factor that I just was not considering. You might be onto something if that is the case. They did a whole time travel Wild West episode just for Jensen. I didn't realize yes. that was just for. Like that. Oh God, this changes everything. 
<laughs> oh, that, no, that's exactly what's happening here. Like, actually, you know what? I think that's the case. Because this is like, oh, like, they probably both went out for the role but didn't tell oh, each other. And then that's how it worked so out. And they may, they probably still live close to each other, even if they're not neighbors. But, like, I know at one point they were. Yeah, yeah. But and for the sake of, like, headcanon, I love the idea that, like, they would see each other, like, coming and going from work and meetings and stuff. And then all of a sudden, like, J- um, Jensen pulls up one day and Jerry's is outside of his house waiting for him to talk about this. I'm like, so... Bring the show back, huh? Yeah. <laughs> and then, and then all conversation. Also, just a quick side note for like housekeeping's sake. So the show is actually going to be with Jensen coming back also to narrate as Dean Winchester to tell the story of their parents. Which I'm like, did we not get enough of that in the 15 years of the show? I'm not going to complain about more supernatural. But I'm like, we've already we met their grandparents at some point in the show. Like, well, we're also, good. Like the pitch of the show directly contradicts the canon that set it out, right? Because like in the show, like John Winchester didn't start hunting until after the mom died from the demon and we didn't even know mary winchester was a woman of letters until like season something and like this it's going to be alternate reality shenanigans it's going to be fine just clarify i think that like john was actually a man of letters but like didn't wasn't active didn't know it and then like mary was like, uh, from the, a family of hunters that, if i got that it's right it's been so long there were 15 seasons it was on the air for like a <laughs> it's been so long and there was so much but one of us is right just want to make sure the fans understand that what they come they can the come comments. from me I don't but we should know. take a break <laughs> yeah we should we should we should breathe So to celebrate our birthday episode, we're gonna go back to to the the bedrock of this podcast. For as long as we have been doing it, we have been in constant conversation about the omnipresent streaming wars where various apps and companies have vied for a price on our devices and a steady share of our disposable income. And during the run of this podcast, we have seen the rise of services, the fall of Quibi, the unfortunate pseudo-resurrection of Quibi with Roku, and services attempt to adapt to an oncoming pandemic in real time. So here's here's where we stand from a summarily perspective of the streaming walls uh, circa 2021. Netflix has persistently and consistently managed to withstand the test of time, providing a steady bedrock of original and licensed content that has not faltered at all. It's staggering. And while their decisions are still somehow baffling when it comes to renewals and cancellations to do obscure metrics we will never hear about, it's hard to deny that the original streaming service is still the original streaming service and is not going anywhere. Uh, Hulu feels like a vestigial bridge to the days of Gable, given that it's the only service that really manages the air next day programming of Gable stuff, but there's enough original content and its unique uh, connections such as FX on Hulu keeps it afloat. And especially when you combine the fact that Hulu is owned by Disney, a company that is currently pushing its own exclusive platform, Disney Plus, and ESPN as a bundle, Hulu's also going to be around forever. And Disney Plus has made a lasting impression on us since its inception with its incredibly deep coffers of content, newer and older, with IP after IP after IP after IP after IP available to it, it would take decades to watch a fraction of its offerings. And then we also have HBO Max, which also has incredibly deep coffers of content that you could just dive in and get lost in. And the convoluted rollout and shuttering of the DC Universe app aside, the app 
has sort of won the streaming wars in like the past couple months, largely because of this like uh, co-stream movie release type thing, which has definitely made it much more like viable and appealing to a lot of people who don't want to venture out into movie theaters just yet. So. And then we have like fun things where like Funimation tried to buy Crunchyroll and we still don't know what's going to happen to anime as a result of that. Uh, Amazon Prime has some of the best content you have a 50-50 shot of hearing about. Apple TV has quietly, consistently been winning with its comedic stylings with shows like Ted Lasso and Mythic Quest. I can't speak as much to its dramatic content, but like, that's fine. The comedy's been great. Uh, Peacock exists. And then finally, like, just like, the round is out. Uh, Paramount Plus is treated more as an add-on than like a separate service, but there's still like a quality share of the market, if not like an odd, like, niche content. Like, I still watch all of the seasons of The Good Fight. They have all of the Star Treks there. They have the Rugrats reboot, which is surprisingly endearing. So that that's my overview of the streaming wars circa summer of 2021. What are your thoughts? If I had to pick one winner of the streaming awards as of now, I would actually go with Disney Plus. Like the fact that they caught up to like half of Netflix subscriber numbers in like a fraction of the time Netflix has been around, that's pretty impressive in and of itself. And then they like have all the IP to work with and they're doing really good things with it. Like they also kind of like rechanged how we watch television. Interesting thing that I've noticed is that like two, three, four years ago, even going into the pandemic, everyone was still deep into like binging and watching much of a show as long as they possibly could at once. But like all it took was Disney Plus to like do weekly releases for things like The Mandalorian or um, all their new Marvel shows and everything. And all of a sudden people care about weekly releases again because the anticipation and build up in between. So credit to them on that one. Um, on the other side of the spectrum, Peacock is on my ish list because they did not step in to save the affection that Zoe's extraordinary <laughs> playlist. So we're currently in limbo to see what happens to that show. And by the way, I read up on it yesterday and found out what happened to the season finale, which I haven't watched yet for the possible cliffhanger, which is what I do with TV shows for a specific reason. And like, they have to bring it back. Somebody has to bring it back. <laughs> Paramount Plus is also definitely an add-on, by the way. Like, I almost got it for like, iCarly, but I'm like, I don't even like, I like iCarly in the moment. I don't like it that much to like keep it going. Even though I like little Lacey Mosley, she's awesome. But like, eh, that's it. Oh, and also, I will say, I'll probably turn around on Peacock and pivot completely in like a week or two or a month because the Olympics start and like I'm going to watch that. So I expect a different tune to come probably like late July. Can I just say that Paramount Plus has all of the Star Treks, has Drag Race, has all of these things and Keith was like but I Carly though <laughs> well that's like I, look, I actually looked at the app front and center on the app was the poster for I Carly reboot so they're putting all their marketing dollars behind that for whatever reason they didn't even mention Star Trek <laughs> I think because it's Star Trek has been on there so long but I just I love that that is your like tipping point <laughs> right like I Carly is is the thing that'll push you over the edge. Um, it almost did. <laughs> I mean, everybody's but got they, their but they, thing. But like That's they made... fine, you know. It's yeah. totally cool. But they also did weird things for the show. Like they made Freddie like a divorced stepdad, and like I don't know who any other things. Of these and like Spencer's a millionaire. Words. Okay, so You're I'm the only one to watch I Carly. Yeah. Is that? 
Yeah. I, I'm that guy. I'm, I, I've I'll, seen, okay, maybe I've I'll seen watch, maybe I'll episode. I'm vaguely familiar with the premise, and I'm vaguely familiar with the reboot. I don't have a stock in, in this series. Um, yeah. It appears I just outed myself who has watched children's television for far longer than expected. See, if we watch television, don't act like you're special. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, fair just, point. Oh, just not that me, sorry. one. Hey. Yeah, just, just not just that not, one. That's not my one. Um, but yeah. They made spaghetti tacos. Is that, is that a though. plus? Is that a negative? I don't that doesn't sound... You could just have a bowl and <laughs> chips. But no, there's know. no crunch. Anyway. It's <laughs> fine. Victoria. I mean, okay. <laughs> sorry. No, I... This is my hill. That's a weird hill to choose. I'm gonna let you choose that, Victoria. <laughs> you need to tacos. you need to break the tie. Who won the streaming wars, in your opinion, this past this past year? Mm. Man, that's that's rough. I think. Yeah, that's hard. Okay, so if I am just going on like who I go to the most often. Mm-hmm. It really probably is. It really probably is Netflix still. Mm. Um, I've got a lot of the other ones, but I tend to go to them for a specific thing. I don't usually like. I don't go to Disney Plus to browse. You know, I go mm-hmm. because I'm like, oh, this is a Disney thing. I bet Disney Plus will have it. Mm-hmm. Right. Same thing with. Amazon, especially. Who knows what's on there. But Peacock as well is like, if I know that this thing exists on that platform, I will go there. But I'm not usually looking for new content on them. Whereas I will go to Netflix and be like, I wonder what they put up this month. I bet there's something on there. And now just to make Mikhail upset really quickly, as an honorable mention, Quibi came back from the dead, so that's what we should No, I was that. about to, to say, so if like, we can at least celebrate that Quibi is dead and gone and no longer making content. But it's not, though. It's not making new content. The content just exists on Roku. Yeah, but I'm... I just want to say that there is the third option, right? Like... There is live, and there is dead, and there is undead. And within the undead, you've got, like, (laughs) twilight vampires and real vampires, right? Like, I feel like there is a place in the undead for Quibi that is like, yeah, it's, it's technically not dead, but that doesn't mean it's alive either. And maybe not, like, the best level of vampire... I'm seeing a metaphor here. You know, like vampires suck blood from other people to survive, and Quibi took everybody's money and didn't still died. Yeah, yeah. Just... That works for me. I think we can now not mention Quibi until next year, where it somehow gets brought up during the streaming wars conversation. <laughs> somehow, I blame Fine, Keith. No. I blame Keith so much. You always do. So I just lean into it now. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. It's As if I'm the one who was CEO of Quibi and raised two billion dollars. But anyway. <laughs> It's probably time to move to our lightning round to wrap up this special edition birthday episode. And as you all know, you listened to the show before, but if you haven't, here's a breakdown. We can't get to all of the news that happens in the week, despite all we talked about this episode. So we'd like to finish off the show with a few top headlines to let you know what's happening out there so you can know more what's going on when you go to talk to all your nerdy friends and everything. So, to start us off. 
Netflix just made me realize that I have a very specific and very strong interest in black cowboy movies, a la 1993's Posse and Django Unchained. The studio just released the trailer for The Harder They Fall, which stars Idris Elba, Regina King, Jonathan Majors, Zazie Beetz, Lakeith Stanfield, and Delroy Lindo, and comes out sometime this fall. And by the way, my apparent affection for black cowboys may or may not be in an editorial on black nerd problems sometime in the near future, so keep an eye out for that. Um, Nathan Pyle, the creator of Strange Planet, the famous webcomic series about blue aliens observing life on Earth with a very precise use of language, just announced that he'll be partnering with Apple Studios and Rick and Morty creator Dan Harmon to produce a 10-episode animated series. Courage the Cowardly Dog and Scooby-Doo have come together for a collaboration I never knew I needed in an animated film starring both of them and their human friends. And the esteemed honor of pinning the Black Panther comic book has been passed from one prolific nerdy writer to another as Evan Narcisse is working on, quote, The Last Annihilation Wakanda, which has shelved in apps in September and will focus on Wakanda working together to defeat Dormammu. If you'd like to hear our thoughts on these topics or anything else in nerd news, feel free to tweet us at Black Nerd Problems with the hashtag TWINN. That was this week in nerd news. Tune in next week for more pop culture news. Once again, I'm your host, Keith Reed Cleveland. I'm your host, Michael Snyder. And I'm your host, Victoria Bertine. We should now sing the celebratory happy birthday song, which is actually <laughs> copyrighted, so we won't be singing it on stream. We know it's been a long episode than usual, so please like, comment, subscribe, and listen to the podcast, and we'll catch you next week. Have a good one. Happy birthday, Mikael. Happy birthday. Happy birthday, Keith. Thank you.